I had fallen at mile like 63-ish and of course didn't know it at the time, but we found out later that I had fractured a rib. This one's radio episode 848 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, if you need to uh, step up your hat game this summer, which could also include your visor game, uh, could also include kind of like just a sun hat for, you know, maybe not so much for when you're running, but when you're, you know, out working in the yard or laying around by the pool or whatever the case might be, uh, if you need a a hat, if you need a head covering of any type, Head Sweats has you covered and we have you covered with a discount at Head Sweats. Uh, since I'm an ambassador to this year, uh, you can you can save 35% on anything that you order. Um, and you can also do the, do me a solid and the show a solid by pointing your browser to disruns.com slash head sweats instead of just going right to their website. If you do that, it'll take you right to their website. But that uh, throws a little um, affiliate link into the situation uh, to where anything that, that you get that you purchase uh, throws a couple of shekels my way. It doesn't cost you a penny more. And you can still use the discount code DizRuns35. That's D-I-Z-R-U-N-S, the number three, the number five. DizRuns35 saves you, guess what, 35%. It's clever what they did there, right? Uh, DizRuns35 at checkout, DizRuns.com slash headsweats to uh, support the show and step up your hat game just a little bit. Uh, thanks to Head Sweats for uh, letting me be part of the team this year. Thank you guys for supporting uh, Head Sweats and, uh, and getting yourself uh, a new hat to help you keep a cool head this summer. So now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and uh, dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, uh, today I'm excited to be uh, catching up with someone that was first on the show uh, a while back. It's been uh, a little over five years since our first chat, uh, episode 80 originally and uh time time flies as it does and uh now we're we're circling back to, to catch up on something that we actually talked about a decent bit uh beforehand uh in that first episode about like what was to come and now we get to look back play uh you know kind of kind of actually hear the stories from how it happened as opposed to what we thought was going to happen but anyway in our original chat uh we talked about uh, like i said this big challenge this big project he was working on uh running uh training for his first ultra marathon which was which was going to be the uh, leadville uh, 100 uh, and now five years later, that pro- and, and there was a film that was, was going with it, a documentary. Uh, now five years later, the, the, the project is finished. The film is here. Uh, definitely well worth the watch. So uh, obviously, like I said, we're going to talk about that, the whole process, the film, uh, and who knows what else today with uh, Mr. Jeffrey Binney. So uh, Jeffrey, thanks for, for coming back and uh, welcome welcome back to the show. Oh my gosh. Hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Looking looking forward to it. And uh, guys, if you want to find out more about Jeffrey and, and what he's got going on, he's also a, a comedian, all-around entertainer. Uh, so once you know life opens back up, you're looking for a, a show to maybe go to, things like that, when he's when he's out and doing doing his stuff. Uh, JJB.life is the website for all of, all of the information about kind of Jeffrey and what he's got going on. Uh, Onceisenoughfilm.com is the website for, for the film, which we'll be talking about again as we go. Uh, it's Certainly, we were talking about this before we got going, uh, kind of distribution and where to find it. It's absolutely on Amazon. 
It's maybe by now on iTunes. I don't know. As we're recording, it's still not uh, not available there yet. Uh, Google Play, all kinds of you know places where you can you can rent and stream videos. Um, you can look for it there. Guaranteed, it's on Amazon. Other places to be determined will will show up as we go. Um, on the social media, if you want to connect with Jeffrey and, and kind of again follow along with him and, and what he's got going on, uh, at Jeffrey Binney is the uh, the handle across all things social. J J E F F R E Y B I N N. E-Y uh, is the spelling on, on his name there. And if you want to go back to our first episode, um, back when I was, I, I don't know that I'm good now, but back when I was really not good at, uh, at my side of the conversation, uh, disruns.com slash 080 uh, will take you back to our first, our first episode. And if you want to get to the show notes for today's episode, links to the film, photos, all, all of the things that are always in the show notes, disruns.com slash 848 is where, we're, where we will be housing things for today. So, uh, Jeffrey, the, the way we always, you know, I mean, you know, you, you may not remember, but you at least, you at least have, have been down this road before. Uh, and, and it <laughs> it's hasn't, been so long. It, it hasn't changed. The, the, the first question hasn't changed since, uh, really since day one, but certainly since uh, day 80 when you were on uh, back five years ago. Uh, but it's the same simple question. Uh, and just, uh, you know, even when people come back, I like to still ask the same question because the answer sometimes changes. Sometimes it stays the same. Um, but I would be curious to, to know with, you know, 2020 Jeffrey, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Oh, man. Oh, that's a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what I said last time. <laughs> um, oh, I... Uh, I'm going to go with 50 miles. Okay. I'm going to go with a 50 miler. Um, I want to say 100, but I don't know that I've done enough of them. And <laughs> it's such a commitment and it's so, I'm going to go with 50 for okay. now. Okay. Um, I, I, I went back and listened to the, the, the past episode to, to kind of remind us, remind me of what we were talking about then. And, and your answer then was, um, just, just so you know now, but I don't want to tell you beforehand to, to steer your, your answer. I think yeah. it was 50 miles, but at that point it was whatever the next thing is. Cause you were still kind of on that, that upward trend of like always running different, you know, new distances. And so it was oh, kind so of young and naive. I was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you were, you were kind of went, went the general route of, you know, right now I think it's 50 miles cause that's about the farthest I've done, but you know, it's just whatever the new, the new challenges. So uh, now, now that you've, you've gone beyond it you can you can reflect back and go yeah 50 miles that's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good challenge i think so yeah you know i mean 100 milers are awesome but i think the the cool thing about 50 miles is they're still brutal but you can get them done in a day uh you're not quite as ruined afterwards um so yeah i'm I'm gonna stick with 50 i i will absolutely allow it so um, you know, obviously we got into a lot of your, your backstory and, and, uh, but there's a lot of tie over to that and into what I want to talk about today, but I, I would love to, to at least take a, a couple of minutes to kind of refresh, uh, the backstory a little bit for those that, uh, quite frankly, weren't, uh, didn't know that the show existed five years ago. It's just, there's a few of them that are listening now that had no idea back then. Um, but, uh, give us, give us the quick rundown of what your life was like before you started running. Um, I know both from our original conversation and from the, from watching the film that running wasn't always part of your uh your your life and your upbringing but what was what was the early days of of your life like as far as health and fitness and that type of thing <laughs> yeah it wasn't a part of my life running <laughs> is an understatement well you know i grew up on a big farm in missouri and uh was overweight forever well you know i was rail thin until i hit about six years old and i don't know first grade must have been (laughs) rough uh but i was i was always chubby and 
I, I played sports by force, but I was never good at them. I didn't enjoy them. <clears throat> um, I was a, you know, a little artsy band geek type and ended up going to school for musical theater and, and moved to New York and was working in theater, um, still overweight. Um, my parents were overweight. We, you know, my mom was an amazing cook. Um, it's just, it's just how, how it was, how I, how I grew up. Um, and, you know, luckily I, I never really, had a problem with that. I mean, if anyone would have said like, Hey, would you like to be <laughs> skinny and super fit? I would have said, yeah, let's, let's do that. But, uh, you know, I never really got made fun of. It was never, uh, I didn't have any health problems. And so, um, you know, I was just like alarmingly okay with being, um, overweight and unhealthy. And I was living in New York, working in theater, uh, super inactive. Um, you know, in New York, there's, um, beautiful spaces, not far outside of the city, but you know, not super easy to access. So I was spending no time outdoors. And, uh, my mom had been diagnosed with heart failure when I was a little kid and I was approaching 30 living in New York. And, uh, you know, she had, she lasted, you know, like 16 years longer than they initially uh, thought her, her heart would hold out. But once I, I, I got into my late 20s, um, she was around 57. She, she started to decline. And the last few months, she, she spent in ICU in Missouri. And so I had come back to Missouri to, to be with her and my family. And, you know, there was no question about why she had ended up where she was. I mean, she had been super unhealthy and, um, she couldn't, she, she tried so hard to make changes to get her weight under control. Um, you know, heart failure. Um, I don't know that it can be reversed, but you know, lifestyle changes can certainly, uh, help. Um, and she just couldn't do it. And I was sitting in a waiting room for hours, days, months, actually, (laughs) Uh, almost three months. And the hospital had subscriptions to all these uh, random magazines, like a knitting magazine and a trail runner magazine. And I started reading this magazine and kind of in a fit of desperation one day, we had a particularly pretty bad day uh, in the hospital. Uh, I just went out and bought some shoes. I went out and bought some trail shoes. I went out to a state park and went for a run. Uh, I ended up getting lost, <laughs> like a little bit scary lost for a couple hours uh, lost. Uh, my family didn't know where I was. <laughs> uh, but um, I was instantly hooked. Uh, you know, I, I honestly, like, I think the, 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 like getting lost felt very adventurous. I mean, it was the state park was right in the middle of the suburbs. I could have walked in a straight line and ran into like 30 <laughs> subdivisions <laughs> within a couple of miles, but I felt very lost. And, uh, you know, I suddenly realized like, Oh my gosh, nobody's watching me. There's no PE teacher timing me. Nobody's judging me. Um, this is actually a lot of fun. It felt adventurous because of the whole getting lost thing. And I was instantly hooked, instantly, instantly hooked. So that's, that, well, that was kind of my life leading up to the point where I started getting these, these crazy ideas to, to run too far. <laughs> yes. And it's, as I think many of us can, uh, can, can relate to a little bit of like, wow, wow. Like once we, once we figure out that we enjoy running, um, then yeah, those, those ideas, those crazy ideas of, well, how far can I run and what kind of places can I run, um, start to start to bubble up. And so, um, you know, you, you get, you get this instant enjoyment of running. Um, I would love to, to dive into it if, if we can, I don't know if there's, if there's going to be a good answer to this or not. So if not, you know, 
whatever, we'll, we'll drop this, this line of topic and go on to something different. But, um, mm-hmm. for, for somebody who, um, and, and forgive me if I'm putting words in your mouth, but kind of self-admittedly wasn't athletic, kind of a, a band guy, a theater guy. Um, what, what, do you have any idea what it was about running at that point in your life that, that, cause I, to me thinking about it and, and we talked about a little, the, the weight loss that, that happened around that time as well. I, you know, lost about a hundred pounds, I think. Um, you know, like I just, I just think about it going like, like, wow, for me, running was a, a very much acquired taste. And, and that was somebody who had a little bit more of an athletic background, wasn't an elite athlete by any stretch, but like I played sports all through high school and hated running, but you know, whatever, eventually kind of found my way to it. Um, w- any idea what it was that, that, that hooked you so quickly into, into a sport that for me and for many took maybe decades to really kind of get its, get its teeth sunk into us? Yeah, well, I think a couple things. <clears throat> you know, number one, I was, you know, I was just desperate to, to, like, irrationally desperate to not end up in the same position as my mom. So I was in a pretty, pretty, pretty radical spot in terms of what I was willing to do to, 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 to turn my health around. And number two, I think. You know, I had always kind of accepted the, you know, little chubby, funny gay theater kid uh, stereotypes that, you know, had kind of been placed on me because, you know, quite frankly, that's what I was. (laughs) Um, But I think running made me... it made me feel like a badass if I can curse. (laughs) I didn't realize, I mean, I knew that like I was pretty tough, but I didn't realize how tough I was because I had never, you know, I wasn't interested in other stereotypical quote unquote tough things. I wasn't into playing football. I wasn't into um, like running on the track. I wasn't into hunting. Um, I, I, I just wasn't into those stereotypically Midwestern tough things, but turns out like I am into like pushing my body to, to the brink alone in the woods on a trail. Um, I enjoy it and turns out I can do it. Mm -hmm. So I think that was really exciting to, you know, have that realization. And, you know, I, I think I probably already knew that that component was always there. And so it was exciting to find an outlet that was actually like, Oh, okay, here's the variety of tough that I am. Gotcha. Gotcha. So then, then like you said, you know, you, you're getting into it, like you're feeling, feeling like this is something that you're enjoying to do. You're, you're able to do it. Um, you know, again, the, the quote unquote, maybe logical progression would be like, Hey, find a 5k, find maybe a 10k, you know, find find a little local race to run. Um, and, and, and I think that your progression was more like, Hey, maybe I should run a hundred miler. Like when, when did you, uh, um, kind of, kind of, <laughs> decide to run crazy long distances in the timeline and 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 I guess we'll start there and kind of see where it takes us. Yeah, well I immediately um I did kind of skip the 5k 10k uh marathon business. Um I immediately set my eyes on a 20 miler. I was in I was in Kansas City. I grew up outside of Kansas City and that's where my mom was in the hospital and there was a 20 mile uh trail run coming up and I uh I set my eyes on it immediately. It ended up being a a few weeks after she had passed away and I almost didn't do it and I was like no. <laughs> I definitely need to do this and it was awful it was in you know it was february in kansas city and i had no idea what i was doing my 
my my water you know the the tube for my water bladder froze and someone was like well you got to put it under your clothes <laughs> you got to keep it warm you know I, just, <laughs> right. I had no idea what I was doing um but I finished it I managed to finish it and um then I then I immediately had the idea for the hundred miler I was like oh man that was cool let's do a hundred miles and I found a 50 miler and that was that was uh, it was the North Face Endurance Challenge in the Marin Headlands outside of San Francisco and I I told myself that was going to be my test I was like I'm going to do a 50 miler and if I can do it and if I still enjoy it we're going to we're going to buckle down and commit to a 100 miler and that's what i did that's what you did and that that kind of takes us up i think about in, in the timeline plus or minus to to where we were the first time you were you know it, it was i think it was march april something like that uh gearing up for the 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 100 miler the leadville 100 uh that mm-hmm. summer when and you know the, the project or the idea of the film was was coming into play and and the film one, one of the things I, I love the most about it is and we talked about this a bit before but again to, re- to refresh people's memory or maybe to tell them for the first time it's it's a combination of you know your training and leading up to and and running the the race but it's also there's a stand-up comedy element to it and it kind of you know you you telling the story and and uh very funny um but uh how did how did that idea for kind of combining the two worlds um where did that idea come from yeah well you know honestly i wasn't in a great space after losing my mom i was a mama's boy and um not that it's easy for anyone but i i just you know honestly i just kind of struggled for a while and i had moved to los angeles i was wanting to do uh, more film and television and and kind of uh, branch out of theater and you know i had these two crazy ideas the the first one was i wanted to run this hundred miler and the the second was you know i had been doing stand up in new york and stand up is a long it's a long haul it is a tough mm-hmm. tough business you know it's also you know i'd come from the theater world where um the actors union is relatively strong and there are rules and um <clears throat> things are 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 somewhat under control to to the stand up world which is like the wild west of the <laughs> entertainment industry there are, are hardly any rules in the stand up world um and so I was kind of struggling like with that industry, just, you know, having to do with club owners who, um, you know, they, they can be tough sometimes. Um, and I, I just, I wanted to write my first hour of, of material and I realized that instead of sitting around waiting for someone else to ask me to write my first hour of material, asking somebody else for, you know, waiting for somebody else to ask me to do my first stand up special, what if I could just do it myself somehow? And immediately I was like, oh, what if, well, <clears throat> you know, I mean, since my, uh, since I started in theater, I've always loved the juxtaposition of comedy and tragedy. I think there's nothing more powerful in any sort of film or play or book than uh, an author or actor being able to move you to the point of having tears running down your face and then immediately make you belly laugh like that, like, you know, building of tension and then release. I just, I, I love it. I love to experience it. I love to create it for other people. So I, I immediately 
they had had the idea of like, wow, like what if we can capture the process of me trying to run this hundred miler, which is inevitably going to be pretty tough and pretty dramatic and in honor of my mother. So there'll probably be some ugly crying. What if we can combine that with an hour of like heartfelt, but like silly poop jokes about the whole <laughs> experience. And so it was a really fun creative process to, to get to craft how we wove those two, two together. The, the story, storytelling process was was really fun and rewarding on my end yeah and it and it, and it came through uh very well and, and here's here's where we'll put the the quick spoiler announcement like we're gonna we're gonna talk about kind of how things went um if yeah. you if you want to be surprised go get the film and and watch it and then you can come back and, and hear some of the inside scoop about it if you don't want to be surprised we're gonna talk about it still go get the film like it's it's really good and knowing the ending isn't going to ruin anything i promise so uh consider yourselves warned if you need to press pause and go queue up your your amazon movie and, and watch it and come back to us that's that's fine spoiler alert in place <laughs> so um so so you know you you got the idea you got the training going you're working with ian Sharman as, as your coach to help you prepare for it um you know as as the date of the the leadville 100 is is approaching um what what were you, what were you feeling? What were you, what were your thoughts? Were, were you were you confident? Were you scared? Were you all of the above? Were you were you excited? I mean, what was what was the, you know that that couple of days leading up to it? What, what was that like for you? I was uh, a bit numb, honestly. <laughs> it was. Um... You know, the, 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 we were also doing tons of filming mm -hmm. in, in Leadville the week before, you know, the whole crew had been, had been brought out to, to Colorado. And I mean, it was just, you know, 14 hour a day shooting days, doing interviews and all kinds of things. Um, and so it was really overwhelming. Um, I, you know, we initially were, were greenlighted by a small studio in LA that got purchased by a gaming company in Japan and they went out of business mm -hmm. and shut down the, the, the film and we had to do crowdfunding, which I think is when we talked last, mm -hmm. yep. I, I was yep. looking for money. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we were doing this on a budget and, you know, I was doing, I was doing the job of probably seven to nine people mm. <laughs> on the film. Um, and so I was just generally overwhelmed. I was terrified. I had no idea what to expect with the run. So there was this kind of overwhelming <laughs> sense of, of dread. Um, but then I was also, you know, I just couldn't possibly have had more on my plate uh, with the film. So right. I would say I was just, just my brain was just kind of numb and not really knowing how to feel or what to do. Um, and, and, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, coming to the spoiler, I think a lot of the reasons that Leadville went the way it did, um, honestly were because of how stressed I was that right. week, how little sleep I got the night before. Um, I think if I had been able to just focus on the run, things might've gone differently. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't really know what to think. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, an, an, a very valid point. And I think that's something that all of us, you know, whether you're, you're, training to run, uh, you know, a, a hundred miler while also shooting and directing and thinking and doing all the filming stuff, or you just live in your normal life. Like it's, it's easy to forget that, um, you know, all the other things that are going on can and, and do impact the, 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 you know, how well you're able to go sometimes on, on race day. And yeah, you know, running around doing the job of a bunch of people for a, a week or 10 days leading up to, oh yeah, by the way, this is, this is a crazy hard race anyway. And, and, you know, the first time trying a, a hundred miler, um, yeah, you were, you were behind the eight ball when, uh, when the gun went off, uh, on race morning. 
Yeah. And I, you know, I mean, I was, uh, you know, single dude, uh, doing this, you know, I don't know how people with kids do it. I mean, what heroes are those spouses who are willing (laughs) to let their spouse go disappear to do a long run for 12 hours? Um, you know, it's just, it's such a commitment. I mean, it's, it's literally a, 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 par, a part-time job. I mean, mm-hmm. especially for someone as slow as me to get the mileage in that I wanted to get in each week. Uh, I mean, I was spending, you know, 20 plus hours a week running. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Talk about a part-time job. Like that's, I mean, that's the definition, right? 20 hours, like is, is pretty much the, the, the at least yeah. a, a standard definition of a part-time job. So you're, you're doing all the, the work for the film getting the shots, getting the interviews, getting the things that you need uh, beforehand, and then also trying to, to finish up your logistics and making sure you're getting a little bit of rest and fueling and, and being prepared for the race. Um, you know, I've, again, kind of hinted at it a little bit. You, and, you know, I don't think it'd be a surprise to anybody anyway that your first time trying to run a, run a 100 miler at Leadville didn't, didn't make it, got, got pulled from the course, uh, at, at about the halfway point for, for not making a, a cutoff. Um, but the first, the first half of the race, um, you know, and it talks about in the film, but you're, you're close ish. You were, you were, you were racing the cutoffs kind of almost from the beginning, but how did, how did you feel? How did the first, how did that, that first 45, 50 ish miles of, of Leadville, like how did, how was the actual running part of it, uh, for you? Well, it was good, um, and it, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, it was good, and it really sucked to to get pulled. Um, you know, it. I guess the consolation. Uh, I mean, first of all, rules are rules. So I'm certainly <laughs> not saying that I shouldn't have been, um, but it's it 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 was extra disappointing because I felt great considering I would have loved to have kept going. I felt good. Um, I was just too slow. Um, I, you know, I, I had lost a hundred pounds, but I was still a big guy. And with those kind of climbs and that much elevation change, it is hard for a wee Clydesdales to, to, to meet those cutoffs, that cutoff monster is right behind us. And yeah, it was, it was from, it was, it was right behind me from, I don't know, mile 20. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, started pretty early on that I was just, just exceeding the, the, uh, the cutoffs. And also, you know, again, like I'm a big human and I can't blow through aid stations. Like I've got to right. stop and eat something, some like legitimate food. I can't grab one of those, like, you know, a gels that you mm-hmm. 140 pound runners are, <laughs> are downing. Like I need some food, like I need calories. Um, so yeah, it was, you know, it was a bummer, I guess. I don't know. It, it was extra disappointing, but also cool that I, felt good and could have kept going. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, disappointing that I didn't have that, that chance. Oh, and yeah, I think I missed it by like 14 minutes or something, mm-hmm. which subsequently I, 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 uh, uh, I did the Wasatch 100 and, um, same thing at mile mm-hmm. 50, uh, this one, I missed it by less than a minute. Wow. <laughs> they actually let me through. Um, they let me through and, uh, they sat there for a few minutes and, and finally sent my career to come get me. They're like, yeah. no, we got to rules are rules. So yeah, that's, that's, that's one of those, those tough things about those longer races where, where you got to have a cutoff at some point and, and no matter what point it is, there's always going to be somebody that's, that's right there. And, and yeah, it's, 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 oh man, less than a minute. That's gotta be uh whew, like, that's, that's a tough pill to swallow. 
Yeah, it was. Um, it was. It was. It was. It was tough. Um, and uh, you know, same same thing. I mean, I, 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 I would have loved to have kept going. I, I felt great and. So, you know, I think my, my next challenge is I got super burnout, um, mm-hmm. and ha- haven't run, I haven't, haven't tried another one in a while. Um, kind of trying to get back into things and that's my, I'm, I moved to Salt Lake city, so <laughs> lots mm-hmm. of mountains to train on, but that's kind of what I've told myself is that I'm not going to attempt another one until I have gotten my speed Mm. under control in the mountains because uh, every time I feel great um, I just am too slow so mm. I've got to I've got to pick up the pace just just finishing I wish was enough but <laughs> you know there's there's cutoffs for good reasons yep yep so um you know kind of have, have I don't know if we've let the cat out of the bag yet or not like like getting you know the the Leadville um race and and the the dnf for for not hitting the the cutoff point uh is kind of the the middle ish of the film the film continues on um you know of of kind of uh dealing with the disappointment and and struggling with with what could have happened you know if if i had you know if i could have kept going like like you said you felt good um and then uh you decide to to dip your toes in another hundred not the wasatch one that you just mentioned but uh getting into um, was it Run Rabbit? Was it, or was it Rocky Raccoon? One or the other? That I, I always get a Rocky Raccoon. Up. Rocky Raccoon. Yeah, Rocky Raccoon. So, what, like, like you, you, and and I think if if memory serves, the timeline was was you know that that, that race was like six ish months after Leadville, so a, a somewhat quick turnaround. But but what was what was in that decision process of like of of deciding to to try it again relatively uh, quickly. Well, it really was was mostly Ian Sharman. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if we've mentioned that yet, but I was lucky enough to snag uh, Ian somehow, convince him to uh, train me mm-hmm. for 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 the year before Leadville. And um, I, you know, after Leadville, I was I was just I was over it. <laughs> I was over it. I was like, we'll figure out how to end the film there and it not be depressing. I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. And he got me back on the horse on the running side and the other people working on the film got me motivated to, to, to finish it again or try to finish one again for, for the film's sake. Um, so it wasn't me. <laughs> I'd like to say that I like was really motivated and pulled myself up by the bootstraps, but you know I didn't. I, I was. It was just uh, such a huge bummer. It was so disappointing, and I had been so public. I mean, you know, we were p- trying to promote this, this this film, so I was so public about it, and so you know, it's one thing to fail, but it's another thing to fail in front <laughs> of you know all of the internet and. Um, so, you know, it was, it was rough, but I finally decided to, to give it another go. Um, we had six, uh, like seven months. I think Rocky Raccoon was in February and, uh, Leadville was, was in August. And so I spent about five, four months, um, training again. And Rocky Raccoon is, is, is obviously a lot flatter than Leadville. And, um, <clears throat> that's really how he got me, got me to agree <laughs> right. to do another one. Um, cause he was like, you know, he was like, I get you being ambitious for Leadville, but that was probably like 
a stupid idea <laughs> to be your first your first hundred miler. He was like, that's that's kind of absurd. <clears throat> I was like, let's find something that's a little bit more flat, um, that is 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 easier for you to train for where I was living um, at the time, and so. So yeah, we, 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 we started Rocky Raccoon. I did not tell anybody about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did not want to deal with having, you know, everyone, on uh, you know, just from being, uh, in theater and doing comedy, you know, I, I have a, an okay social media following and I didn't tell any of them. I was like, I'm, I, you know, I don't want to have to blast out the next day that it didn't go as planned. So mm-hmm. the film crew is there. I told maybe three or four of my best friends, but nobody else knew <laughs> that I was running this thing until I finished. Mm. I, uh, finished that one. Oh, I don't know. Eight minutes before the <laughs> final cutoff. Again, that cutoff monster was right behind me. I'll tell you, eight eight minutes or three hours, it, you finished. Like that period. End That's of story. Right. True. It's all that matters. Yeah, and as as I was, you know, watching watching the film, and and uh, um, I think it it like the last lap um, or before you go out, because I, I I think that uh, again, if I'm if I'm mixing things up correct me but i think that that rocky raccoon is like it's like five 20 ish mile laps right like that's kind of how that one shakes out exactly yeah, yeah. So, so you come in from the fourth lap and it like flashes across the screen like like just a few minutes before the cutoff and like i'm sitting here watching it going come on dude like don't sit down like you don't got time you gotta get out there like i'm, I'm yelling at my computer screen going jeffrey go get going get going um, and, and, Love like, it. And, and you made, you know, obviously you, 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 get, you, you got what you needed. You got your, 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 you know, clothes changed and, and refueled and, and everything. You had your, your sister and a, and a friend there, um, as, as kind of the acting as the crew, they got you, they got you in and got you out in enough time that you, you made it back out onto the course for the last lap. Um, and then you, you come through, like you said, a, a handful of minutes beforehand, you finish it up. Um, what was, what was the feeling at the finish line like? Oh man, it's, it's incredible. It's, um, I, I, again, like a little numbing, uh, to kind of process, you know, I, how many times had I gotten myself through training runs by imagining what it was going to be like to, to cross the finish line. And then you actually do it. And of course it's nothing like, <laughs> like what you had, had played in your head. Um, you know, I mean, first of all, you're at the end of a hundred miles, so you're, you know, you, you get a little loopy, like, <laughs> you know, you're not, you're not totally all there upstairs, but I mean, I think just, uh, just a feeling of just like unbridled joy <laughs> and a sense of accomplishment, um, like very emotional, like, I, I think it, it's in the film, but I like said to my sister, I was like, Oh my God, that was that was really hard. And then I just like started crying uncontrollably, you know, just like not really in, in control of your mental faculties. Um, but I think it just, you know, just emotion is, is, is how I would describe it up down, like so fast, just a, just a flash, um, until you get home and fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the last aid station you mentioned was, um, you know, we didn't want to bore people with tons of like aid station. Uh, we had like tons of really good footage, but, um, we actually ended up cutting a lot of it because a lot of the focus groups in the beginning were like, eh, like we get it. Right, <laughs> so, right. so we cut out a lot of them, but we, we left that one in that last one almost entirely because, you know, that was, that would have been at the 80, 80 mile mark. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and 
I had fallen at mile like 63-ish and of course didn't know it at the time, but we found out later that I had fractured a rib. I knew that I wasn't feeling well and that I was having problems breathing, but I thought that it was just what happens when you run (laughs) 70 (laughs) miles. Um, but that's really where I started to, to get behind. Um, and my crew wasn't sure that I was going to finish and you can kind of hear it. We, we unfortunately didn't capture the audio, uh, as clearly as, as I would have liked. But when I get through that 80 mile aid station and I run off, um, you can hear, my sister and, and, and the other, uh, other woman is, is Amy. She's one of my best friends from high school who flew across the country to come do this for me. Uh, you hear them go like, Oh, holy F like <laughs> he's actually going to do this. And right. so it's really, it was really fun to hear them, hear them kind of, you know, silently celebrate after I had run off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that was the point when we realized like, as long as I don't stop and nothing goes wrong, um, right. I can actually do this. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, yeah, it was, it was there, you know, like, like you were going to, you were going to, you know, the opportunity to finish hadn't been taken away from you at that point. So, you, you know, it was, the ball was in your court and, and you, you powered through, uh, and, and got it done. So, um, again, and, and not that we're wrapping up just yet, but, but definitely, even though, even with the, all the spoilers and kind of knowing how it, how it starts to wrap up, um, the, the film is, is well worth watch, well worth watching. But what was, you know, after, after you finish the emotions, the, the, um, getting some sleep, letting your feet heal a little bit. Cause they got, they got beat up pretty good. Um, coming out of it, you know, what, what was, what was running like, you know, in the, in the weeks and months after finishing your, your first hundred miler? Was it, was it, well, I'll just leave it wide open. What, what was running like coming out of, out of that race? Yeah, well, you know, I was really excited to not have a crazy, um, oppressive goal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I didn't set any, I didn't sign up for any big races. I kept running tons, but I, um, I, I didn't make any big commitments, um, until that next winter I was like, ah, you know what? I think I'm ready for another hundred miler, uh, maybe in like a couple years, I'd, I'd love to do the Wasatch 100. Um, they do compounding entries. So if you don't, you know, if you don't get in one year, if you enter the next year, you get two entries and the next year you get three entries. Um, and I was like, why don't I start my name in the lottery for the Wasatch 100? And maybe in, you know, two or three years, I'll, I'll get in. That would be a fun goal to set. And I freaking got in the first year. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a feeling that's exactly where that story was going. Yeah. So I didn't want to not do it. I mean, first of all, you know, if you get in, you're, you've, you've paid. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I didn't have the opportunity to choose not to pay for it. I was like, why, you know, I might as well, I've got, you know, nine months to, to train again. So yeah, I got motivated to do that. Uh, did that run. We already know how that went. Um, it was great. You know, it sucks to DNF, but mm. it's still so much fun. I mean, the, the training so much fun and, and you know, the, those 49 miles were so much fun. Uh, but after that, I was really getting uh, rolling on writing my stand-up show and, and getting ready to produce that. We filmed it in Kansas City and I just kind of needed a break. I was a little burnout from, mm. from running. I needed to, 
focus on, on, on finishing the film. So after that, you know, I, I definitely never stopped running, but you know, n- not training for anything crazy. Um, and I think the sense of relief at finishing this, this project at, at birthing the film <laughs> finally has kind of given me a, a sense of, uh, space to start focusing on running again because i have been super motivated the last couple months to to uh to get back get back on the trails which i was never off of them but you know i've, I've i'm trying to get get back up to uh, a 50 miler hopefully by this fall Gotcha, gotcha yeah and and, and again I, I you know it's something we we touched on or at least i touched on a bit a bit you know, kind of leading up to Leadville and, and that crazy week and how, um, you know, all of the, 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 the works, you know, the, the work side of, of the film and, and interviews and all that stuff, how that can impact your performance. And I, I think maybe it's, it's even worth reiterating again, you know, like I think all of us to some level or another kind of can feel like we can compartmentalize our lives and like, you know, my running life is my running life and my family life is my family life and my work life is my, is my work life and social and and all the different dynamics of, of life. Um, but at the end of the day, like it's, it's a big melting pot and, um, you know, it, it sounds like you really, you know, like you said, kind of a little bit burnt out and was it just from the running? I mean, the running probably, you know, that, 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 that type of mileage certainly has a bit to do with it, but when everything else is going crazy, you're writing a stand-up special and, and you're, you know, just, just life in general, like sometimes something's got to give. And, uh, I'm, I'm happy to hear that it, it, maybe running took a little bit of a back seat, but now that, that you clear a little bit of room off the plate, you can bring it back to the forefront again. And, and something that I think a lot of us, I know a lot of us, I know myself struggles with doing that type of thing. Uh, so it's good to hear stories where that happens 100. And, and, and you can come back to it and it's okay. You know, it's okay to kind of deprioritize for the, the time being. Oh, 100%, you know, and, and same with my, um, you know, with, with running with, with stand up. you know, after I wrote my show and got it filmed, I didn't do shows for, um, well, really, I'm just kind of now getting back into mm-hmm. action. I just, I, I think I, I, my personality type in, in general tends to kind of go really hard and then kind of pull back for a while and get motivated to go hard again. Um, and I think that's okay. You know, I mean, whether it's just, you know, whether or not you're motivated to go run or if it's, hey, you know, uh, it's summer, my kids are out of school, it's time, you know, uh, it's time for, for running to take a back seat so I can, you know, focus on, on them, you know, I mean, it's, it's okay. This, with my weight, you know, I, of course, when I wasn't running 60, 70 miles a week, some of the weight came back right. and I really beat myself up at first and then... I realized, you know, I got motivated to, to do Wasatch and it, it lost it again. And, it, you know, it, it comes back and, I, of course, not 100 pounds, thank God. <laughs> but, I mean, right. you know, you, you, uh, you know I'm, a, I'm a huge dude. So, you know, I might gain 20 pounds and, and that's okay. It'll come off. Like, as long as it's, you know, not um, – you know, alarming. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, there's natural ebbs and flows and motivation. And I think that's okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I'll take it even one step farther. As far as what I think, I think it's not only is it okay, it's, it's normal. Like it's natural. I think it's, it's just, you know, part of life that there's going to be ebbs and flows in, in all areas. And that's trying to fight that is almost, I think more unnatural than just letting it happen and letting things kind of run their course again within reason, but, but you get what I'm saying. Like it's, it's trying to fight it is trying to fight it. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I mean, obviously like everyone focuses on the, the running component of this project, uh, for, for, for good reason. But I think, 
Um, you know, maybe no one other than me knows that you know, this was really three marathons. Mm. Uh, writing your first hour of, of stand-up material is a beast. I mean, it takes most comedians at least a year to, mm. to write and, and workshop and, and refine an hour of material. And then a film, oh my gosh, especially with no budget, you know, yet, a, yet another marathon of its, of its own. And so, um, you know, I don't think there's any way that I could have preserved my uh, <laughs> mental and physical health if I had not let those three items kind of uh, ebb and flow. You know, there's no way that I could have spent 20 – well, I mean, I had to work. I had to have a day right. job. There's no way that I could have spent 20 hours a week uh, running, uh, 20 hours a week writing for for the show, and 20 hours a week <laughs> working mm-hmm. on the film. The hours just literally don't exist. So right. I think I would have, you know, just run myself into the ground to the point of maybe no return, maybe to the point of, mm-hmm. like, never wanting to run again or never wanting to write stand up again. So I think it's I think you're spot on. I think it's really important to let those let those uh, components of your life come come and go as they do. Yeah, definitely. So um as as we're getting kind of close, I I'd love to to maybe dive in just a little bit into into the writing process, you know, like um obviously we're talking to a bunch of runners and, and uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of folks that, that listen to the show that are ultra marathoners, especially the ones that dabble into the, the super far stuff, the hundred milers and, and even the hundred K shoot, even the 50 miler, but let's, let's not split hairs on, on what constitutes far um, can relate to a lot of that side of the story. But a lot of us, I'm going to assume certainly myself kind of ignorance or at least unknowing about what it's like to, to put together an hour of material and to put together uh, a film and, and blend the material into the film. So like you said, that was, that was a whole other ultra marathon of it in and of itself. But, <laughs> but how, how was the writing process? Like, like uh, you know, cause it, obviously w- when we look at it on, on the film, like we're seeing the finished product, we're seeing that the, everything's polished and it, you know, it's all worked itself out and, and it, it flows seamlessly with, with, the the footage from the the the, the movie and and the the races and whatnot, um, but but how how difficult was it putting that that side of of the project together? Yeah, well, it was it was it was so much fun and so rewarding creatively. Um, it was a mix of uh, control and lack of control. You know, with documentaries. Um, you, you usually, you, you, it's, 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 it's what it is. It's a documentary. Right. You have no idea what's going to happen. We, you know, I had a very specific idea of how Leadville was going to go in my head and it certainly did not go that way. <laughs> right. And, you know, as a, uh, as a, as a, as an actor, that's, uh, that's tough to wrap your head around. <laughs> you always know what's going to happen. Um, and so, um, that was a weird new sensation to, to have no idea. Just it is what it is. Whatever's going to happen, we'll try to capture everything we can, and then we'll see what we end up with. Uh, you know, any documentary you've ever seen. I mean, you know, sometimes there's a, a, a loose plan, mm-hmm. but you know, usually documentarians are capturing as much as they can, and then going back and finding the story. Where's right. you know, where's the story? Um, one of my uh, very best friends who's a, a producer in LA <clears throat> produced um uh, worked as a producer on the film and it was really useful to 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 have her um she Annie LaFerrier <laughs> she was indispensable um she works in 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 in, in reality TV <clears throat> and I don't want to like ruin reality TV for everyone but um 
you know, just to, to kind of give you some insight into how they are typically put together, um, they will capture, uh, well, you, you know, on stage in theater, you have a script or for film, you have a script and you shoot that script. Um, for reality or documentaries, it's, it's backwards. You mm. shoot everything. Um, she actually started as a transcriber. So for reality TV shows, they are, they're filming everything. And a team of transcribers sits and watches the footage and creates a script from exactly what happened. I mean, they're literally just transcribing all of the dialogue. And then the producers take all of that dialogue and they, they, they put a script together using that, that script that was written from what really happened. And they create a script. And then the editors go and pull all of that footage and put the story together and of course we know in reality tv that (laughs) it's not always uh based on reality so you're often seeing reactions from two hours earlier that didn't actually take place but um that was that was you know definitely a component here was was finding the story after we had filmed so that's that component um and we had no control over that but Mm. What we did have control over was after both of the runs were over, we were able to look at the footage, um, see what we had. And then I did have control over writing the comedy show to, to fill in the gaps, um, bridge the gaps, and, 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 and tell a more cohesive story. So that was fun. You know, it's so much easier to write with a goal than when someone just puts you in a room and says, write something. <laughs> so it was it was fun and probably a little bit easier in the end for us to say, hey, like, you know, how did we get from the end of Leadville to uh, Rocky Raccoon? We we don't have a lot of, of documentary footage there. Um let's 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 fill that gap in the show Mm. so it was really fun to to write with a purpose and fill in those gaps and of course we were you know i talked about building tension i mean as a as a as a writer of any type you're always wanting to uh, build tension and release it and so getting to orchestrate that and uh, hopefully kind of manipulate the audience in that way is really fun it's really fun to craft that so I, I kind of went on a, a lot of tangents there, but hopefully I answered the question. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, you know, if, if nothing else, for, you know, you, you scratched my itch to kind of get, see some of the creative process because, um, you know, I, I guess maybe in, in some not even close to uh, actual comparison here, but like, like these conversations are kind of like that documentary piece where it's, it's, you know, like I know where it might go. But I don't know, and we just kind of let things go, and we and we have the conversation. Um, so I can I can relate to that side of things, but then being able to craft the narrative for the the stand up piece, um, you know, and I guess maybe that's that's what some podcasts are, right? Where they 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 record for six hours and then they come back with thirty minutes of a program where it's all um, manipulated and 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 highly refined, <laughs> yeah. which is cool. Like those are those great stories. It's that's one way to do a storytelling. Um, then there's then there's this way where hey, let's just let's just talk and see where it takes us, and both of them can be very interesting uh hopefully people find this one interesting but it was it was just i just appreciated hearing kind of how those two worlds combined for you absolutely and it was so fun to watch you know annie led all of the all of the interviews she she was the interview for interviewer for all of the interviews and uh except her own of course (laughs) um she was in it as well um but it was so fun to watch her work and it was so fun to watch her ask questions and how she would ask questions. And, you know, of course she had a goal. She was fishing for the answer mm-hmm. she had hoped for, but you don't, again, you don't have control over it. You have no idea how the person's going to answer. So you can walk into an interview with some assumptions on what you 
you think uh, what you think they might have felt or are thinking, but you never really you never really know how it's going to go. And you know you, you know this. You're a pro. Um, there are right and wrong ways to ask the same question. So it was really fun to watch her like ask questions in in the right way. Yeah. And sometimes you figure out when you ask the question that I didn't ask that one quite right. So let's uh, circle back and try it again. Um, sure. And, and especially when you know you're going to go in and do a bunch of editing, you can just like, let's just skip that whole first question and let's let's ask it again. But yeah, <laughs> it's it is it is, you know, uh, something that uh, is it's it's a process. It's a learning process. And you, and you kind of figure out um, and talk about not always knowing like there's sometimes and, and today certainly isn't one of those. But there's sometimes when I go into a, a conversation going like, I don't know what the hell we're going to talk about for the next 45 to 50 minutes. Like I just have no idea. And sometimes those end up being the, the absolute best ones because you, you just stumble upon something and you go. And oh, I believe it. You know, it's, it's fantastic to do that for filming a race, to do that for talking to a podcast, like whatever it is to just trust it and go. And, and sometimes those turn out to be the best, uh, the best ways of, of getting to the end. 100% couldn't agree more. And I think you'd be surprised how many creatives are drawn to trail and ultra running. I, you know, whether they're doing it for, for a career or they're just an artist of some type. Um, I'd love to see some actual data on this, but it feels like most people I meet on the trail are um, creative in some way or, you know, they, they, they have a podcast or they paint or, or some things. I, I, I wonder if there's something that, that draws us to this, this, this world. I don't know. Interesting to it's, think it's, about. It's an interesting thought, but I mean, shoot, like nature, it, it, what's more inspiring than nature? Like, I mean, Good point. you know, so, <laughs> so yeah, like, like, and I do most of my running on the roads, which, which, I mean, it's still, it's still nature, but it's not, it's not the trails. It's not, and I like, and I, I will definitely say that when I do spend more time on the trails, like, like it's, it's different and better, worse. I, I mean, you can make your own decisions, but like, like it's inspiring to be out in, in nature um, especially in, you know, modern 2020 America where, you know, lots of things aren't as natural as they, as they were a hundred or 200 years ago, like the yeah. trails. I mean, that's still, that's still God's country out there and it's a, it's a good place to be. hundred percent. So as we're uh, officially, uh, uh, wrapping up here, Jeffrey, I, I feel like I could keep talking to you for, for days, but, uh, at some point, you know, I got to be respectful of your time. And at some <laughs> point people are going to start to tune us out. But, uh, one last question for you with, with this whole project in, I don't want to say in the rear viewer because it, like it's just now getting out to the to the to the masses and people are able to to watch it. Um, but with with you know you putting the time and effort into the training, doing the running, writing the show, putting the the um, the film pieces together. Um, what's your biggest takeaway from the project from from the film? Once is enough. What, what's what's the the thing or maybe a couple things that are gonna go with you from now until uh, until it's all said and done for you that came out of of this project that's was a multi-year big time project. What's, what's your biggest takeaway from, from that, the, the once is enough film. Yeah, I think, you know, I think the biggest takeaway that, uh, started with ultra running, uh, taught me this lesson first and then was, was very applicable to the other components of this project. Um, is, you know, no matter how, how bad things get on the trail, no matter how much you hurt, no matter what you feel is going wrong. Um, uh, you know, when most people would quit, uh, if you just choose to not quit, it turns out that, you know, that 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 sore tendon 
probably is 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 going to stop hurting. Um, if you stop and eat some food, um, your 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 blood sugar is going to improve, your mood's going to improve, and you might find some new drive to keep going. Um, now, certainly there are 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 injuries and issues that are not short term that you should be cognizant mm-hmm. of and should stop when those occur. But I realize that most of the time, if I would just choose to not stop, um, I could do so much more than than I realized, and that was definitely prevalent while writing the show and very very applicable to the filmmaking process if this film had been a topic you know less close to my heart um if i hadn't felt like i would have been uh you know letting my mom down had i not finished it i would have quit so many times we ran into so many brick walls <laughs> there were so many opportunities where you know any normal person would have have called it quits and said hey this is this is unfortunately where where the road ends and we just didn't we just didn't stop and I, hopefully we ended up with a film that some people will connect with and and might be inspired by so uh, long-winded answer, but I, I think the life life takeaway is that you know when things get rough, uh, don't stop. Uh, turns out you can do a lot more than you think you can. Yes, yes, indeed, totally agree with that. And once again, guys, uh, JJB dot life is uh, Jeffrey's kind of homepage uh, hub website. So all the all various information about the film and other things can be found there. Uh, once is enough film dot com is the link to the website. Um, and again, once once is enough is the title of the film. You can find it certainly on Amazon. Eventually on various other places as well. Um, check it out. And I'll give I'll give and, and Jeffrey doesn't know I'm doing this. This is totally on the whim. I'll give I'll oh. give the the Diz runs guarantee on this one. If you if you spend the three dollars to rent the film on Amazon and you don't like it, let me know and I'll send you three bucks. But you're gonna I, I'm confident <laughs> in saying that I'm not gonna get any requests for the three dollars back. It is well <laughs> well worth it. But if you do, let me know. I'll PayPal you three dollars. Uh, on the social medias at Jeffrey Binney is is the handle there. You can connect with him. Uh, Dizruns.com slash eight four eight is the link to take you back to the show notes for today. So uh, Jeffrey, thank you for uh, taking the time today. Uh, thank you for not giving up. Uh, you, you, you have put together a really, really good film and I appreciate the chance to watch it. I appreciate the chance to talk to you and, uh, appreciate, or I hope that, uh, I, we can stay in touch, see what the future holds for you and, and who knows, maybe circle back and do this again at some point down the road. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for all the kind words and thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. Let's do it again. It looks like we're on about a five year yeah. schedule. So, so set, set the calendar, calendar. for 20, do something epic again between now and 2025 and let's come back and talk about it. I'll do my best. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope that you enjoyed the conversation between Jeffrey and myself. And as per usual, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your takeaway from our conversation today? Uh, for me, I know we we even kind of got into it. Usually, usually the takeaways are kind of something that maybe, for me at least, the ones I try to point out tend to be something that maybe gets said in passing or um, something that we don't spend as much time on. But I think that, that for me, the takeaway in this one is, is big enough um, and, and important enough and timely enough that it's, it really resonates strongly with me. And as such, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit it again. Hit it again right here in the takeaway section. And that is the idea of, of recognizing that, that the, the stresses, the demands of life absolutely impact our running, you know, and, and, um, 
you know, Jeffrey talking about putting the, the film together and, um, you know, kind of working, uh, you know, doing his, his day job to keep the, the food on the table and the lights overhead, but then also writing his stand up to go with the film and then putting the rest of the film together and how there just wasn't enough, I, uh, enough hours in the day to continue to, to be training, um, 10, 15, 20 hours a week with, with his running and how he needed to pull back a little bit. And, uh, I applaud him for having the, uh, wherewithal and the willingness to do so, because I know a lot of us, including myself can struggle with that and feeling like, you know, we can, we can, we can keep going. We can compartmentalize. We can, we can put the work stress in the corner, uh, so we can go out and get our, our training in and we forget. And I forget that sometimes the, not sometimes that the, the, the training stress is just as much of a, of a thing for our bodies to deal with as the work stress, as the family stress, as the uncertainty stress related to COVID-19 and races and employment and just safety and health. And, and there's so many things that, that can, can get us, um, you know, that, that can, that can drain our energy, that can, that can drain our focus, that can, can cause us to be fatigued mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and, and, and our running isn't isolated from those things. Our training isn't isolated from those things. And so sometimes we need to recognize when uh, maybe enough is enough, when we're at our limit, and be willing to pull back. And maybe that's pulling back a little bit on some of the extra demands so you, that you can train. Or maybe it means you got to pull back on the training a little bit so that you can take care of the other things. And just like Jeffrey has, has found, just like I have found, just like probably you have found in the past as well. You know, you take care of the things that are, that are, that are on your plate and then some space opens back up and you can, you can ramp the, the, the mileage, ramp the training back up again to, to prepare for, you know, rebuilding your base, getting ready for the next race, whatever the case might be. So, uh, long winded way, surprise, surprise, long winded way of saying that my takeaway for today is the importance of recognizing that you can't do everything. Can't do everything you want to do. Sometimes you can't do everything you need to do. And as such, you need to be able to be willing to prioritize and move some things off of your, off of your plate once in a while, even something, you know, maybe you don't have to move running completely off your plate. Hopefully you don't have to move running completely off your plate, but maybe you can't keep going at, at, you know, a uh, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 mile per week or whatever, whatever your, your time budget is. Maybe you're, you're normally running 10 hours a week. Maybe you you got to back it down to five. That's okay. That's okay. If that's what you need to do to get through the next weeks, months, years of your life to get to a point where space opens up, when space opens up, you can fill it with some more running and it's a hard thing to do. Easy thing to recommend. You hear me recommend it all the time. I'll tell you what, it's another example of me struggling to take my own medicine. It's hard. It's hard for me to do. It is. It is. And I know it's, if it's hard for you to do. I can empathize, but it's something we all need to remember and uh, be willing to do when we have to. So that was my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? Let me know at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram. You can also send an email, Dizruns at gmail.com. And of course you can head over to the show notes for today. Um, and you can leave a comment there down in this, in the comment section at the bottom of the show notes, uh, Dizruns.com slash eight, four, eight is the link to the show notes today. We'll also have that link, the link over to, um, Jeffrey's movie on Amazon. And, uh, and, and I definitely encourage you to, to check it out. And the, the, the Diz Runs guarantee is in effect. All right. And, and I'm trusting you to not just 
just take advantage of it for, for me to send you $3. Like if you need $3 that bad, let me know and I'll send you $3 out of the goodness of my heart. You don't have to lie to me about it. But if you rent the movie for $3 on Amazon and you don't think that it was worth the $3, let me know. We'll, we'll make you right. Um, but I'm pretty confident that, uh, th- that you're going to enjoy it. It's a, it's funny. It's moving. Um, even with knowing how it ends, you're going to enjoy it. You're going to enjoy it. So check it out. Once is enough is uh, the title. And with that, we'll go ahead and officially wrap this one up. Uh, once again, don't forget uh, head sweats. Uh, if you need to step up your hat game, if you want to step up your hat game, get a little something, something uh, for yourself this summer uh, to keep the sun off your face and keep you going out there for these uh, hot and sweaty miles. Uh, Dizruns.com slash head sweats is the link that is the uh, affiliate link for, uh, for myself, for the show. Um, and again, it costs you absolutely nothing, nothing more. It's the exact same website that you get to if you just go to you know, the headsweats.com website. But if you go to dizruns.com slash headsweats, throws a couple of shekels my way uh, if you decide to make a purchase, obviously. And uh, if you do make a purchase, please, please, please don't forget to use the code dizruns35. All one word, D-I-Z-R-U-N-S-3-5. Um, not that I get any like extra credit for it, but you just save 35%. And then if you use the, uh, the affiliate link, then I get a couple of shekels. So everybody wins, right? Um, Dizruns.com slash headsweats. I think I've said that enough times now, so uh, we'll move on. Uh, anyway, y'all, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed this one. If you did, send it along uh, to somebody else. Spread the word. That's always appreciated. And until next time, y'all, please be well. Take care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, right? See you guys.